Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the Fantasy Football Playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard, blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the Fantasy Football Playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening Rush Nation? We're back and guess what? I'm in the studio. Don't know if this is a video show, don't know whether it isn't. There is gremlins in our technology all over the show on what can only be described as a day as close to hell as you can get without actually getting there. I have been melting for four days now. Just me and Murph, obviously. There's uh, no guest on the third screen. Big man, how are you doing? I can see a fan back there. It's keeping you breezy. Yeah, I'll, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. It's it's hot. It's, it's it's. I mean, like, people listening across the world, right? It's not that hot for other countries. It's been. I'm going to do this in American measurements because everyone in the UK knows how hot it's been. Um, it's been over the last five days a combination. Well, sort of the 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 least hot day was 89, um, and it reached 98 the other day. I think it was 97 today. Yeah, but that's like 146 in Britain. Yeah, because we don't have air conditioning or we just basically, if the temperature divots anywhere between, anywhere away from 50 to 70, that just that all hell breaks loose. So, um, yeah, it's it's been hot. We've all been struggling. You work outside, so no doubt you've picked it's, up too much vitamin D. I haven't picked up enough. So between us, we've probably got the right amount. Yeah, I mean, it's just the humidity that comes along with it here in Britain. It's just brutal. It's hot and humid. It's like being in the rainforest, I think with none of the benefits. I mean, there's dangerous animals and stuff. So that's, that's one thing we don't have. But yeah, I mean, it's not been fun. And we've actually, the reason I'm back in the studio is because we have vacated my flat where the temperature reached 43 degrees at one o'clock this afternoon. And we thought, you know what? That's no environment to be living in. So I'm back at my mother's, which means I'm back in the studio. It is a little empty without you, big man, I have to say. But it's good to be back. It, well, yeah, it's, it's good to see it. It's been a long time since I've been there. Not been there since February, uh, I don't think. So yeah, it's been maybe the first week of March. I 
lose track of time and what days and, and months is. And um, <laughs> I hope I hope all of you really enjoyed our um, preview to our new weather podcast uh, podcast that we'll be uh, dropping down the, the channel. So, you know, we launched a college one and there's no college season, it looks like. So, you know, we thought we're venturing to weather because, you know what, weather is always going to be there. Yep. I mean, I'm pretty good at precipitation and isobars and pressure drops. So I, there's definitely scope for it. I think there's... there's... And, and, and this is where I put the asterisks. This is a joke. There is no weather weather podcast. Disappointing way to start today's ADP buy and sell show, Murph. We've got some news to go through, a couple of giveaways, some listener leagues, which we've set up, which we're going to talk about. Have I missed anything off the rundown or should we just dive straight in? Uh, No, let's let's get into it. Other than, yeah, we we do have um, some great giveaways. Uh, So stay tuned to the end of the podcast for that. Um, But yeah, as you mentioned, buy and fades. Um, you know, it's that time of the year, people are in drafts, we're in a, a lot of drafts right now. And, you know, uh, just a quick one on the FFCC. Um, thanks to everyone who's been drafting so diligently. We're on day uh, 12, I believe. And uh, big brother. <laughs> 21, 20, 21 of the 22 drafts have now been completed. There's just one division left. Um, so, you know, it's so much fun to put on this tournament and it's it's brilliant, but it does also take a lot of work. So I'm glad to, uh, I'll be a little bit glad when the, <laughs> the jobs are finished. How I think there's picks? about 20, 28 picks in, in one draft Ooh. left. Fair enough. So I don't think, I'm getting, don't think it's getting finished tonight. Uh, ideally, it gets finished tomorrow. That would be that would be the dream. Um, I don't really want it to go into a third week. Um, <laughs> so that would be... There was a point where I thought my draft was going to, because through no fault of their own, we had an American at each end of the turn and just the time difference between the pair of them making picks and the the slow nature of the middle of our draft. It just meant that whenever the end of the draft got to the clock, it was either nighttime for them or nighttime for us. So they made a pick either way or didn't make a pick. And everyone was, it was just, it wasn't, ideal but that's how random drafts work in it it was good fun there was some banter but it was just a little slow at times yeah i mean our draft americans in it and we just sort of blitz through it um just like we blitz for our ukfl draft that drafted on saturday we were done by sunday um i think those who are listening are still in the ukfl the rider bowl that uh we're also in that is still going and we're finished. We're in the top three divisions to finish. The Warrior Bowl, where we've given away quite a few spots, that starts tomorrow. King's Classic starts on Saturday. Um, the FF Down Under starts on Saturday. And we've got quite a few tournaments. <laughs> so there's a, yeah, it's busy season. So that's why I'm quite keen to get the uh, DWG. DWG6, which is Andy Singleton's draft with Giants. That is ongoing. Uh, that's, that one's been a little slow, but I've got four rounds left in that. I don't know how many rounds you've got, because we've got separate teams in that one. And I don't even know how many rounds there are. 22? 20. 20. See, yeah, I was planning to take too many players. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many rounds are left, to be fair, in that, because I've had so much going on, I've set a queue. Whenever I've looked at it, there's been four or five picks, and I've set a queue of five players that I'm happy with. And then... Nice. Yeah, I've not, I've, I have paid in, interest in it, but... How far along I am, I don't know. I know I've just taken my second quarterback, so... Oh, no. And then the BFL started this week, where we put together parts of the video. Um, so that's kicked off. So, you know, Simo's done a great job with that. So shout out to you, Simo. I know you're listening. You always listen. So uh, well done on all that. And I'm sure, it's, I hope it's going as well as you hoped it would do. But enough about all the drafts we're in, and no one cares about how many drafts we're doing or what we're up to. It's about... Uh, let's get into some news as mentioned and then we'll get into um, some info to help you knock the park or knock the ball out of the park on, on those drafts. Perfect. Where do you want to start? Shady? Seems only apt. Fire the cannons. Yeah, the Sean McCoy signing one year deal last week um, since we've last been on air. Um, you know, I think we're, we're going to talk about Ronald Jones, at least I am, um, at some <laughs> point today. So um, I'll save some of it for that. I think it's an astute signing. The Buccaneers were looking at running backs, uh, especially experienced running backs. You know, they they drafted uh, Keyshawn Vaughan, who's been on the COVID list. That's massively hindered his um, preparations, which is, you know, I was looking at my rankings today and I had him, you know, I was very bold on my prediction for, for Keyshawn Vaughan, but with Shady coming in and then that lack of preparation, 
yeah, he's gone massively way down on my board. I think he was probably the biggest faller outside of those that opted out um, on, in my projections um, when I updated them. So um, I think basically the rule of thumb is probably don't invest too much into any of the offense. Um, I think Shady holds really sneaky upside, especially as you're fat, you can probably get him for free. Um, so I think he's someone who I, I think can do quite well in this offense. And I think he's got a fire in his belly after being dropped from the Super Bowl roster last year. Um, and I think that is going to spur him on to really tackle the job. And I don't think Ronald Jones is, is all that. I think Ronald Jones will get the, the majority of the, the early down work. But yeah, I think you, you're looking at another season of, of you know, basically that backfield is just going to be a bit of a split and it's just throw things up in the air and probably take the one with the lowest ADP is probably the best advice they can give you there. But for the Buccaneers roster, it's, it's great because you get another, another you know, stellar sign-in, another bit of experience. It'd be great for the players. Um, and that, you know, it's continue the good vibes in, in Tampa. It's, you know, everyone's just having a great time. Yeah, well, hopefully the season rolls on because we're not quite there yet. But to moving from one backfield that's added a piece to a backfield that's got rid of one, Darius Geis was arrested last weekend for a domestic abuse charge. It turned out that there was several domestic abuse uh, allegations, should we say, and he's been, uh, obviously, he was detained on those charges. The Washington Redskins, no, that's wrong, the Washington Football Club, <laughs> they uh, have moved on swiftly. Ron Rivera came out and had a statement and said, we're moving on and Darius Geis was cut. So that took it from Darius Geis, Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson and uh, your boy Peyton Barber to just a three horseback now and Peyton Barber might not see a lot of work. So is is Adrian Peterson sneaky value right now, Murph? I think he's massive value. I think he's absolutely massive. Um, I've been taking him, uh, you know, I, I, I think Darius Geis always had amazing talent he was first round talent a couple of years ago in that draft and he fell to the third round because or end of the second, maybe the start of the third, it was that sort of range he went. And that, that was because of indiscretions and, and, you know, there were some allegations in college of, of what he was like. And, you know, these coming to the head now have shown that he hasn't learned. Um, we're assuming that obviously he's got to have his day in court. I was reading a thread by uh, Drew Davenport, who is part of the auction team over at Football Guys. And he actually, his day job is a defensive attorney. And he was saying that it's really damning for Darius Geis, because I think they made a statement that his team have basically said there has been due process because the police haven't even spoken to him. And what Drew Davenport was saying was actually that it's, and it's Fred, go find it on our Twitter because I've, I've liked to retweet it. Um, that actually that's a really bad sign for Darius guys, because normally in these domestic violence cases, it's a, he said, she said. Um, so basically they want to get both sides of the story. Yeah. So the fact they don't feel the need to actually get Darius guys, side of the story to prosecute him and charge him is a really bad sign. That's the fact that the defense process and the police and the uh, attorney, you know, the uh, district attorney's office feel that they can go ahead with a case without his statement says that there is a lot of this to it either way regardless of what happens if he gets found guilty in the court of law he's put himself in a position where he's you know not helped the team i think he gets signed by somebody someday um back anyone there john john dorsey goes uh, as gm as probably the great candidate to sign him but i think his days in the nfl are very limited given all the injuries as well so um, adrian peterson holds massive value we had a very good sneaky season last year i think he, he's a top he's sort of that back end of the rb2 conversation i'd be taking him in drafts in 17th round 18th round 19th round 20th round and you know his, his value's gonna and, and all the values going on gibson and i really like antonio gibson i bought a lot of shares of him in dynasty drafts especially rookie drafts um i don't think this is quite his year i think he's going to get a lot of a, a good amount of work I don't. I think we're a year too early on the Antonio Gibson hype train. I think it's it's Adrian Peterson to do the majority of the work. Mm-hmm. Payne Barb will get involved. Um, Bryce Love will be involved. Um, there, there's a big backfield there. There's enough guys. They don't need to sign anyone. Um, but yeah, I, I really like Adrian Peterson. If you're getting him, even you can you can go above his ADP and start snagging him in the twelfth round. Let people go and take the punt early on on Gibson. I think Gibson's ADP shot up into the eighth round now, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, 
I, I'm quite happy to take Peterson there. I think he, I don't think he's going to do you like an amazing league winning performance, but to get a top 24, top 26 running back in the 10th, 12th round, will will do you fine. He'll plod along. I had him last season in a lot of places and he won me a good amount of leagues when I had bye weeks, he did the job. So there's something to be valued about players like that. We're going to talk about another one later on, or at least I am anyway, that, you know, sometimes you don't need showstoppers, plodders and, and people who go under the radar and just put together very nice weeks, week to week to week, uh, are, are pretty good guys to have in your team. 100%. Let's move on to another running back. And uh, Lamar Miller has found himself a new home in New England, which by I would not be surprised to see Sony Michelle start the season on the pup. They, they invested highly in him in the draft. They also did with Damian Harris. And uh, the signing of Lamar Miller, an experienced vet to come in, shore up the backfield is only bad news for Sony Michelle. And yeah, I think we are done to talk about him in a little bit as well. But what's your view on this, Murph? Do you think that's that signs the putt list for Michelle? Yeah, yeah that, that, I think I sent you that earlier that I felt that that was the way it would go. Um, and I think Michelle will start on the pup. Um, and I don't think they have the biggest confidence in, in, in Harris. I think he can do some things. And I think that given time, he, he might progress. But it is quite telling that they've gone out and made this signing at the time that they have. I don't expect Lamar Miller to be a thing in fantasy football. Um, I think if you've wasted, I saw someone bid $27 for him. I mean, you might as well have just given that money to to someone else because it's gone. You're not going to get, you might get a week, maybe two weeks out of Lamar Miller. Uh, I don't think you're going to get a lot, if anything. Um, he's, he's, He's basically there, bit of character, bit of support and to carry a workload for, for a few weeks. And you never know, he, he might end up being one of those backs that just takes touches and then it ends up killing that backfield with the exception of James White. And you end up, the Miller could be someone who just gets 40 to 60 yards every week, which isn't good enough for fantasy, but it's enough to hurt the other backfield, the other members of the backfield there. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think on a non-fantasy perspective, it's a decent signing for uh, the Patriots, if Lamar Miller's got anything in a tank coming off the injury, then, you know, he's going to offer you uh, decent production, but it's how much he's got left. And, you know, coming off that injury last year where he missed the entire season, how healthy is he? That's kind of the big question. Yeah, I was surprised when, when they signed him because obviously James White and Rex Burkhead, they can they can both catch the ball out the backfield and are both... You know, they both can carry the ball if need be. And then you've got Damian Harris, who is a through-the-tackles kind of guy, straight up and down the field, fits the role to complement James White and Rex Burkhead. And then, obviously, Miller turns up. And I bought quite a lot of Damian Harris on the cheap this off-season because of Sonia Michelle's woes, shall we say, injury-wise. And looks like that's going to be hurt a little bit just because of the multiple heads in the backfield. We've got to remember Brandon Bolden has also opted out. So they, they are really... Sh- sort of short-handed there in the backfield yep. there then their fullback has also opted out so they they don't have as many guys and they probably now with michelle we're thinking if he's not fit at the start of the season we just need a guy we need someone they clearly don't really value a big talent there because they could have got devonta freeman for how much money um three million four million so if they wanted a a league winner not even a league winner if they wanted someone to come in and be the one they could have gone out and got someone on the one instead they've got the bar miller on a veteran minimum i think it is might be slightly more um purely to to come in and be a body and you know the miller probably wants to play but i think he'd be grateful for the chance so we'll see what happens but i think it's an astute signing i don't think it's one that that helps anyone in fantasy and and it has a knock-on effect on harris and and Michelle and, and well, uh, everyone else, I think, except James White, just to clear the backfield. It's so much easier. 100%. Right, let's talk some opt-outs. Anybody important we should be talking about, Murph? None really at the deadline. CJ Mosley was kind of the big one uh, towards the end of the deadline uh, that opted out, which, you know, given that the Jets have forked out a lot of money he's, he's not played many games blessing uh got injured very early in the season last year he's opted out this year okay that tolls over so that year doesn't get lost it will go back into into next year um but you know it's it's interesting you know 66 guys opted out uh in total you know a lot of those guys are you know most uh, a good number of them were from the patriots i think they had eight or nine in the end 
Um, I think most teams had somebody opt out. Some of them were practice squad or potential cut candidates who um, perhaps were securing a year. I don't, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, for fantasy, really, Damian Williams, you can maybe make a case for for Devin Funches, and and then the Miami wide receiver duo of Hearns and and Albert Wilson. Now, them one of them on their own probably wouldn't be massively relevant, but with both of them now really questions who's going to be in uh, the wide receiver spots. And if you're really looking to buy a wide receiver out of that group to break out, the one I'm going to say and suggest is not the most popular choice, but it's the one from a talent and tape perspective, I think has the best chance. And that's Gary Jennings. He was drafted by the Seahawks last year. He was cut. I think Gary Jennings is, is a really good case to be the slot receiver there. Um, or to just, you know, get in, you know, maybe even play the X. He's so versatile, Jennings. I think he's going to be a coach's dream. Um, that's the one I'd probably be if I was taking a dart throw late in drafts and everyone's going on. But his name's just completely, like I say, a Ford, I think is the one that everyone's sort of plumping on. But Gary Jennings is the one, if you want to go a bit contrarian and spread your bets, is the one I'd probably be investing in in this backfield or in the wide receiver core. But you know, don't don't expect uh, huge numbers. Uh, but if if Parker or Williams gets injured, then I think Gary Jennings could be in for a severe amount of of workload. Yeah, and if you are in a severely deep league, I believe the Dolphins have Navy's quarterback from last year on their wide receiver roster. Currently, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy Bill Belichick went to see on his own and was spotted in the stands with a pair of binoculars. I think Lee told me the story. So it's obviously, uh, obviously a bit of love there for this dude. Yeah, Navy's quarterback is now playing wide receiver. And I think Lee said he's going to play some slot. So if you're in like a 103 man roster and you're really scraping the barrel, that guy, his name eludes me. Sorry. Uh, he, he might be worth a stash. If you're looking for a real deep dolphins receiver, are you looking him up? Is this what? Yeah. Happening? Malcolm, Malcolm Perry, I think is. That's the dude. Yeah. Malcolm Perry. You're going to tell me he's been cut now, aren't you? <laughs> no, no, no. He's he's on that list. I think that's a good that's a good shout. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lee told me he's going to predominantly play out the slot. So we'll see how that goes. Apparently, I did not know it was tonight, but Hard Knock is starting tonight in America. Hard yeah, and, and I think it'll probably drop on Game Pass Live or tomorrow. Um, no news as to when it's on Sky. Um, it's not on the calendar for this week, so I don't know if they're going to go a week behind. If Sky, I'm going to show it. Uh, we don't know. I asked the question in NFL UK uh, group to see if someone knew. Um, no one does. So um, if you've got Game Pass, great. Watch it. If not, I guess you're trying to find a stream. <laughs> Is Game Pass not still free? It might still be free until the end. Uh, well, it's, it's August now, so it might not be. I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, I, think I know we... until July, end of July, it was free. Yeah, they were talking Dan Hansis and the boys on the... Uh around the league NFL podcast, we're talking about it and they were questioning whether it's still free. So if they don't know, we don't know. Is that simple? No <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, well. Right, Murph, let's get to the main event. 12 rounds. I think it's less than 12 rounds, but whatever. 12 rounds of the finest ADP buys and sells. This feels like it should be accompanied by a Murph on the street segment, because as always, the big man has gone into some depth with his stats about these players. So, uh, I don't know whether this is a good time or bad time to drop the new Murph on the Streets sound seg. Maybe we'll save it for the actual event, but <laughs> I'll I, I think about it and edit. I'll think about it and edit. Would you like to start or would you like me to start? We're going to go with buys first. Uh, we should prefix this by saying we've both picked five buys and five sells, and they are all after the fourth round or later. Yeah, um, and it's PPR format, so one point PPR um, to point out. Um, I think we do it in... PPR in, in ADP order, so that would take you first with your first one, then me, then you, then me, then you, then me. Okay, cool. Let's confuse this even more than it already is and move around the show doc. Perfect. That's how we do things here at Five Yard Rush. Yeah. Before we do get into the ADP, I just want to. Uh, you start because yours is sooner. Well, that's fine. So Mine's the first one, so so I'll start. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, before we do dive in, I want to bring to everybody's attention that we have bought out a bundle deal for the FFCT, FFCC t-shirt. So if you wanted a t-shirt and 
you haven't got yourself one and you haven't got a playbook, we're throwing in a copy of the playbook now with every purchase of an FFCC t-shirt. So head over to the site, fiveyardrush.co.uk, and there's a, uh, a bundle deal on there where you can get yourself a t-shirt and a book for the uh, price, I think it's 25 yeah, twenty four ninety nine plus postage, which is uh, £2. So £27, you get a t-shirt and a book. Right. Very good value. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, that's why we did it, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going first, and I thought I'm going to sneak in as close to the fourth round limit as possible. And my first buy after round four is Keenan Allen. He's currently, we should, where do we get these from? Uh, fantasyfootballcalculator.com. Calculator, yeah. So he's currently on there, the Five oh five, so the fifth pick of the fifth round. Man, this guy has balled out for the last few seasons. Thousand yard seasons for the last two years. PPR monster gets targeted all over the place. Obviously, Tyrod Taylor. We haven't. We don't know when Justin Herbert's going to start. So that guy's got a cannon. Mike Williams is a down the field machine. That's where he predicates his plays. Big down the field plays and end zones. Tyrod Taylor doesn't really push the ball that far down the field. He's more of a a short yardage guy. That suits Keelan Allen down to the ground. I just think somebody of his caliber is going to get the ball regardless of who the quarterback is. I know the situation is new uh, in LA, but Keenan Allen is a stud. And the fact you can get him in the fifth round, I don't have my rankings in front of me. Where do you rank Keenan Allen amongst wide receivers? Um, so Keenan Allen for me is is a player who you know it, again depends a little bit on on the format but I think what what you're getting with Keenan Allen is is guaranteed production to a certain degree I, I think his ADP is is a strange one because I actually think for wide receivers drafted off the board he's probably in about the right spot I just think a lot of running backs are potentially getting overdrafted um you look at the, the consensus picks the first five are, are running backs in in ppr format um so you know pulling up where we are and i, I readjusted my stats today you know i i have keenan allen in a, a bit of a tier with you know juju smith schuster i have him in that sort of back end of the uh, wide receiver two range. And I think it's, it, it's not really a slight on, on Allen. I think it's the fact that those tiers are, are very close. Um, and really one big game can propel him up into the top 12. Um, but I just think there's other guys for me that I kind of like a, a bit more to, to do the business um, on a, on a solid reception count. So you mentioned Tyrell Taylor. I think you're right. I think when Tyrod Taylor plays, I think you've got Keenan Allen at 18. So again, you've kind of got him in a similar sort of, you've got him in the mid wide receivers too. I've got him just on the back end of it. Um, and I think, I think with, with Tyrod, with Tyrod, as you're right, I think he's going to get targeted a lot. I think for me, the uncertainty comes a little bit more with Herbert and how he adjusts into the NFL. Um, and then also if the Chargers aren't performing and we know Keenan Allen can produce, do they perhaps take some of the workload from Keenan Allen if they're not winning and try out some of the other receivers on the roster that they have um, to see, do they need to draft the position next year? So I, th- I think Keenan Allen is a great buy at the start of the season. And then if he keeps going, he's going to be a machine and he'll massively outperform the ADP. I think the, I think if he starts slowly, he is someone who is a candidate to fall away a bit with the season. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you think fifth round, you think, you know, getting a player like Keenan Allen is, it's amazing value. T.Y. Hilton, I think, is in, in a similar range. So, you know, you've got guys there. And for me, I would take Allen over over Hilton unless I'm sort of really pushing on the upside. I think Hilton has the bigger upside due to the quarterback. But I think Allen has the much safer floor because you know he's going to get the targets. He has a better injury history. I know he's had a few injuries, but it, you know Hilton missed six games last season, um, and he's injured now. <laughs> so, yeah. you, you know, when when it comes to if you're looking at someone who's going to give you again that those solid wide receiver two numbers uh, with potential wide receiver one upside, that is what Keenan Allen is. And for the fifth round, that's kind of what you're buying. So. I, I like yeah. it. I, I wouldn't push him too far. I, I think it's a good buy at 505. Yeah, exactly. Think... That, that's that's why I've got him there because I think if you've taken a tight end or a quarterback in the first four rounds and then you can 
you can pick Keenan Allen up as your second wide receiver. He's got a safe floor. So if you've taken Tyreek Hill, I know you're not going to take Tyreek Hill because he's not. You, you're picking at the first end of the the first round, so you're not going to have taken Tyreek Hill, and he's not going to make it back to you in the second. But he's the perfect player to pair with Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill isn't that consistent, but will give you huge weeks. Whereas Keenan Allen, I think, has a consistency that makes his floor safe, like you say, and he's the perfect player to pair with a high upside guy like Tyreek Hill. And then if you're taking him as your third receiver to play in your flex, then I think it's incredible value at the fifth because he does have wide receiver one upside. Yeah, and on top of that, I think the perfect pairing for me would be in you're looking at the rounds of where you're kind of getting him. DeAndre Hopkins, because you don't know what you're getting with Hopkins this year. It's a brand new offense. He could be elite. He could not. It's the reason he's the wide receiver four. So I think Allen and Hopkins is a really tasty um, duo of wide receivers that you could have at the one, two, knowing that Allen's floor is perhaps going to get you through the early weeks while Hopkins adjusts to the new offense. Exactly. That would be the combo I'd be looking. That's not a bad little stack to, to have in your wide receiver room. I've gone with at the six twelve Julian Edelman. Um, and for me, I don't understand how Julian Edelman is at six twelve. Um, you're talking about a player when you're looking at the most games with 15 plus PPR points last season. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas had 14 and 16. He's going off at the wide receiver one. You're DeAndre Hopkins, who had 11, and he's going off at the wide receiver four. The next on that list is Julian Edelman last season, had nine games of 15 uh, fantasy, 15 PPR points. Um, so he was third in the list, and he's going off at wide receiver 37. So someone tell me why Julian Edelman is being slighted other than the fact that he plays for the New England Patriots, because he's not hurt. You could argue he's got probably a slight upgrade at quarterback, given the fact that Brady is 42 and we know these things and they've got a great relationship. We've got Cam Newton. Cam Newton knows how to throw in wide receivers. Just look at DJ Moore. You know, the guy got 100 plus catches last year and a thousand over a thousand yards, 1100, 1200 yards. I don't know what he ended up with off the top of my head, but the guy knows how to find a wide receiver one. Uh, who else is there to throw to out there? What, Nikhil Harry and, and Mohamed Sanu? Maybe. He's got no tight end to throw to. Devin Asiasi, who's never played in the NFL. James White will get a lot of targets, sure. But there isn't really a lot of people there. Last season was the best fantasy season that Julian Edelman has ever had. He's coming off his best season ever, fitter than ever. He put up 256 PPR points last season. Nice. Um, in five of the last six seasons, he has broken the 200-point barrier. So five of the last six seasons. The season that he didn't do it, by the way, he played nine games. He missed it by 30 points, and he was averaging 19.2 points a game. Like, the guy is locked for 140 targets in that offense. And when he gets that kind of volume, he delivers well over 200 PPR points. So him going on the 6-7 turn makes no sense to me. I'm auto-buying Julian Edelman in every draft pretty much this year because... He's, he returned wide receiver one numbers last year. So for him going off at 37 makes makes no sense. Makes stop, less no sense. Stop, stop talking. People are going to start buying him earlier. That's absolute <laughs> crazy value where he's going. Yeah, we, 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 we need to remove that in the edit so people don't hear the value that Julian... Had. No, I mean, come on, that is ridiculous. <laughs> if you, like you say, who else is there? I think people are scared because Julian Edelman doesn't fit the prototypical wide receiver that Cam Newton has thrown to in his career, which all right, may be true. But like you say, and Keel Harry hasn't proven himself in the NFL. Julian Edelman is still a Patriot and hasn't gone to the Panthers where Cam Newton is playing the playbook that he played under Ron Rivera at the Panthers. Cam Newton has gone to the Patriots. Well, Funnily enough, Bill Belichick's been uh, moderately successful over the last however many years he's been in the league. Stuff isn't going to change hugely for Cam Newton. He's just got a decent receiver in Julian Edelman to throw to. And yeah, that's stupid value for Julian Edelman. Stupid value yeah. all day long. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I want to talk about Devontae Parker. He's my next buy at the 608. We mentioned him earlier with the others opting out. We picked him up as our wide receiver one in the e, uh, UKFL? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know when we grabbed him. We grabbed him pretty late. Tenth, ninth or tenth round. I mean, the ADP in that is skewed because it's super flex. Uh, one start in wide receiver, one start in running back, uh, tight end premium, and then tight ends can be placed in all the other flex spots. So tight ends should have gone early. We got pretty much all of them. Um, 
which was good. It was good, good tactics. And then to pick up Devontae Parker, who was the wide receiver two last year from weeks, something like week six onwards or something like, it might have been later than that, but Devontae Parker absolutely balled out with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And there's been no off season. I don't know if you guys, Rush Nation, are aware of the, the rock you've all been living under. There's been no off season. Yes, they drafted Tua, uh, Tagovailoa, but he's not going to start. Fitz Magic's there. There's no off-season. They don't need to rush Tua in. Fitz has already said, you know, I'm here to hold the mantle until Tua's ready. Devontae Parker's still there. Fitz Magic's still there. There's opt-outs. Williams is coming back from an injury, so we're not sure on his status. Devontae Parker showed he is the first-round talent that he was drafted for. And yet, along with uh, Julian Edelman, we have just given up on these guys from last season, like Murph said. And he's the sixth round, eighth pick of the sixth round. I mean, yeah. if the guy isn't, I don't know where I haven't projected, but he's definitely a wide receiver two, if not low end wide receiver one. Um, Rush Nation, I would like to point out that I'm running my Mac off of mobile data. So if I open up any more windows, the gremlins of the studio might blow it up, which is why I don't have my rankings in front of me. Apologize for the unprofessionalism, but Murph's got my back. I'm hoping. Yeah, you have Devontae Parker in 10th, uh, 10th overall. Um, I have Parker. I'm a little bit more uh, cautious on Parker. I actually have him at the back end of the... I'm just, I sort of have him in the wide receiver three range. Um, and the right. reason I, I have him there, um, and I'm a little bit more cautious on, on Parker, is is only because of that confusion of, of Tua and, and Fitzpatrick. But... You know, I'm actually looking at this now and thinking I could probably move him up the board. There's some guys I'm looking at who are thinking I could probably move him slightly higher than. I guess I guess for me, the reason is last season was an outlier, but I think, yeah, with Fitzpatrick, if, if they really attack the ball, I think you're buying a player with, again, massive upside. Um, and again, a pretty, pretty much a safe floor. Um, I guess for me, I kind of went in that. He's a bit boom and bust. And I went with players who perhaps are a bit more stable, but yeah, I think I think with Devontae Parker, I think he's someone who can really attack and can really get a lot of um, a lot of production out of that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's down to him to do it. Um, he yeah. did so for a good stretch last season and really broke out. Uh, he needs to back that up, and that's the that's the big question mark on Parker. But I agree, the six oh eight for a player. Like that, you know, he's going off the board. Um, I think he's in the wide receiver 34 range, which is just a bit a, a tad too low, even though it's probably not far where I have him in my rankings. Um, given what he can bring you, I think yeah. is, and again, it depends how you structure your team. Um, I think the only other minus point for him is his bye week because he's in that bye week Mageddon 11, which is why some people might fade over others. But I think at 6 8, he's well worth the spend. And the good thing about the 11th bye week is it gives you plenty of time. If he does come out of the stables, absolutely rocking. And you can shop him after six, seven weeks for a guy who's already had an early buy. You're gaining a bye week for free. Um, and, and that could be the sort of time where Tua starts possibly to, to get a look if, if things aren't going their way win-wise, but Barker's still balling out. Tua comes in, there's a bit of confusion there. But I think at 6.08, he's not actually a bad guy to pair with Keenan Allen. If you've gone running back real heavy and they're going about the same spot in the rounds even below each other and you want to grab the safe play of Keenan Allen and then the upside of Devontae Parker, I don't hate that because both have severe upside and you've already got your running backs locked in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I've got my Brandon Cooks. Now, I looked at when I wrote up a little bit on on Brandon Cooks. I wrote something on the 23rd of June. He was going at the 6-12, and I was like, that's an absolute steal. He's going off at the 7-3, so somehow his value has <laughs> gone down. <laughs> I'll buy Brandon Cooks all day long. All day long. The the guy, like, everyone's like, oh, Brandon Cooks, he was bad last year. Well, yeah. When, when you take 39.5% of the targets away from somebody, they're bad. <laughs> You know, what do you want? If, if, you know, if someone takes away 39.5% of your workload, it's it's going to be hard for you to shine. It, um, it, it's almost it, as if you take 39% of us away, which is nearly 50%, and you expect one of us to just do an hour podcast with this hilarity and banter on their own. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's no, it's it's absolutely not. And and that's that's the key. You know, 
the reason why he got such a low workload, it wasn't talent. It was because his cap number was huge. And the Rams were in cap nightmare hell. And they were just like, well, we don't want to injure him because he was protected against injury. So they massively reduced his workload so that he was fit so that they could get him off the books, which is exactly what they've done. You know, you, you, what you've got to remember is when, DJ, when DeAndre Hopkins was traded, Brandon Cooks came in like less than a week later. This wasn't something that was just like, oh, well, we don't have a wide receiver now. We better go out and get one. I know we'll get Brandon Cooks. When those trade talks were being done with Bill O'Brien, and listen, whatever you want to say, Bill O'Brien is probably completely justified. But he had Brandon Cooks in mind. Like that deal was, I would say, was probably pretty close to being done in the background because you're not trading your star asset without knowing you're getting one in return. Mm-hmm. So they flipped it and they're basically bringing in Brandon Cooks to be their, their number one. And you're looking at a Houston offense with, you know, Deshaun Watson throwing the ball. Cooks had four straight thousand yard seasons up until last season. I just, just don't understand. <laughs> just well, four just in a the row. Four. Exactly. Four in a row. Four in a row. And I know last season was bad. And I know he's prone to concussions. And I know he could get another concussion again. You're spending a seventh round pick. You know, you know, this is a guy who, if he delivers what he has delivered in the league up until this point, he is someone who could be a league winner for you. And you're picking him up in the seventh round. Like, it's nuts. Like, for me, you could sleep on wide receiver, pick up Parker or Allen or Edelman or Cooks, and they're just as, they're not far off what you're buying at a wide receiver one range. Mm. You know, to, to talk about rankings, you have Cooks at 24. I have Cooks at, at 25. So again, we have him at the back end, and I think we're being quite conservative. I think we are taking into account that it's a new offense and we'll take some time to learn. But, you know, for him to be in the, that conversation of wide receiver two with upside at, in the seventh round, it's just, it's just nuts. Like, yeah, I'm buying that all day long. Yep, 100%. We talked about him in a draft we did recently that I can't remember where we grabbed him, but we were thinking about him alongside other players and you quite quite rightly pointed out that he has as much of a chance to be a wide receiver one as as anybody else in this range or or much more as anybody else in this range because of his you know his previous shall we say and yeah that was that was an auto draft once you'd pointed that out and and the the offense he's in it's not like he's in a bad offense it's not like he's got a bad quarterback throwing him the football you know this is what I mean I just don't understand how he's that cheap so you know, give, give me give me all the shares of Brandon Cooks. Give me all the shares of Julian Edelman that you can get because if they're my one-two, I'm not unhappy. I'm not unhappy at all. I don't think I'm giving much advantage away for what I'm getting in other positions. No, because then you've stacked your running back to the absolute hilt. And yeah. you might have even taken the tight end higher than perhaps you would like to admit, Murphless. You know, that, that's a possibility. <laughs> I didn't tight end premium leagues if I'd be doing that. Okay, so my next guy is... Uh... Oh, I almost skipped to my real special one. It's not. My next one is a running back, Tariq Curran at the 801. Now, this guy is currently projected on sleeper for around 180 fantasy points. That could quite easily be more in the fact that the Chicago Bears were pretty poor last year. Everyone is expecting slight regression to the improvement this year. Um and one of the things I really like about the Bears players this year, whether it's, uh, I almost said Jordan Howard then, um, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen, um, Alan Robinson, Anthony Miller. I, I'm not going to say the, the tight ends because that doesn't count. But because Mitch Trubisky, he's going to start the season, I think, just because of the COVID sitch. But there isn't, a, if you look at Nick Foles' stats compared to Mitch Trubisky's stats throughout their career, they're pretty much the same guy. So if Foles starts the second half of the season because Mitch Trubisky's terrible, you're just switching the name and the jersey, really, once Foles knows the playbook and has some practice. There isn't a downgrade if the quarterback switches. And the fact there isn't another running back and David Montgomery doesn't catch the ball, is just, in PPR, Tariq Curran is an absolute steal at the start of the eighth round. I think you're getting James White light in a Tariq Cohen. And I think in his first season, he balled out. And uh, I want to say he was a running back one. Um, If not, he was pretty close. And it's it's just his pass catching ability. And if Chicago can get their acts together and play a bit more better football, Tariq Cohen, as your running back three flex at the eighth, cheers. I'm taking it all day long. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. I think it, it's a solid grab in, in PPR formats. If you're missing out on on James White, then, you know, the, the two, there's the sort of three backs here that I want to kind of throw in the same kind of realm, right? So Duke Johnson, James White, and, and Tariq Cohen. And I think any of those three, for me, I probably have Duke Johnson probably slightly higher only because I don't think David Johnson is fit. I don't, if he's anything like he was last season, I think he's done in the NFL. I don't think he's playing 16 games. And that's why I probably have Duke Johnson slightly higher. But your point about Terry Cohen, you know, he's he's a bit of a gadget player. You know, he can do it all. He'll catch a lot out of the backfield, but he will take the workload. And he's especially a back. If you think about the investment they have in David Montgomery, if the Bears are winning games, Tariq Cohen's the guy you're, you're going to be bringing in to take some of that workload off Montgomery and giving him a rest. If they're losing games, they're going to put the ball in the air and it's going to go to Tariq Cohen. So he's almost game script proof. Mm. Um, and I have him sort of in a, the back end of the running back three conversation. And I guess the only reason he's there is because we've put a lot of players in and around that realm that we don't really know their situations and it will become clear. I think that Cohen will vastly outperform his ranking and will outproduce his ADP. I guess the only reason I can't move him too high on the board is there's some situations that are massively unclear that I think will clear up very early in the season. And he's the sort of player I can see vaulting 10 spots up my board um, as the season starts. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it, it's one of those things where if David Montgomery was to unfortunately you know, get an injury. Tariq Cohen, they might bring in a veteran later on to, to to take a few touches, but Tariq Cohen has proved he can do it all. And like you say, that, you know, David Montgomery is going to get fed the ground ball. That isn't Tariq's game. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see him pop up on special teams. And if you're in a league that rewards you for special teams plays as well for that individual player, Tariq Cohen, he could he could return a few punts and kickoffs and stuff. So there could be bonus points there as well. And I just think as you're running back, you know, if you're going for, if you're going to have him as your third or even your fourth running back, the upside play is, is, is massive there. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you hundred percent. So I've gone with Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is the starting Miami Dolphins running back. He's going off at the seven Oh seven. Um, now look, I know Miami struggled to run the ball last season. I know I made a big song and dance about Caden Balazs and his average yard of attempt, yard per attempt of 1.8, um, basically saying that anybody could have done better than that. And I literally mean anybody. Um, I could have done better than that. So could you. So could anybody <laughs> listening to this at home. So could so could so could a snowman melting would have probably got further than 1.8 uh, yards per attempt rushing. Um, and that's just you know everyone sort of slating. Well, nobody could run the ball there because Fitzmagic was the leading rusher on the team last year. This team spent so many picks on the offensive line. So many. They invested, I don't know, four, five, six picks. I lost count in how many they picked. They picked some very good players for their offensive line. You know, they bought some experience in free agency as well. They've, they've spent a lot of time and money on, on these and a lot of capital on, on this offensive line. It will be better in 2020. On top of that, you know, you've got a coach who will want to establish the run, will want to run the ball more. And by the way, Howard's competition for touches is Matt Breeder, who is always on the injury list. Like every week, all right, fair play to him. He'd always come out and play. But the geezer is always banged up. He's banged up every single week. Howard proved, even in the Eagles last season, he was he was relevant. You know, he, he was the running back 24 in PPR formats last year, and he missed a load of time with uh, a stinger. Um, you know, the seasons that he has, you know, the seasons that he's played, um, you know, he was the running back 10, the running back 18, you know, he finished off in Chicago in a bit of a damp squid. He was the running back 38. Um, he's coming off the board round about the running back 36, 37, he's going to massively outperform that. Like he, he just, he's going to have the volume. He's going to have a couple of hundred carries. He's going to get, you know, 20 to 40 receptions. Maybe he's going to get all the goal line work. He'll probably get somewhere between six and 10 touchdowns. He, he's just going to be a very unsexy, very steady Eddie pick. And, you know, if you're going boom or bust early in the draft with, with running backs, having somebody like Jordan Howard on your roster, is just a massively undervalued player. He's just somebody who's going to just get it done. And he's not going to have massive 30-point weeks. He's going to have 
a 20, an 18, a 12, a, a, a 9, a, a 15. And, and do you know what? You need guys like that on your roster. Bye weeks, um, just an injury goes down, COVID, all these sorts of players. It's these sorts of players that win you championships, not your Christian McCaffrey's, because if the rest of your team doesn't turn up, it's these players that you can put in and you know you're getting a consistent, reliable performance most weeks. It's not that volatile. Yep. I would like to point out the fact that Murph got so excited about Jordan Howard there, he almost punched the mic off the side of his face. So that's how the best bit about Jordan Howard is Matt Breda is currently, I believe, being drafted ahead of Jordan Howard. No, just behind him now. He was. Uh, okay. um, he's the next running back off the board. Oh, so flip-flop, take your pick. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. And Jordan Howard in his first season at the Bears was we're running back with Charles Sims and someone else. Um, oh, why can't I remember his name? Anyway, they didn't even play in week one. He didn't even make it onto the team bus, didn't play week one of his first season and still went over a thousand yards. So there you go. Jordan Howard can ball out. He just needs the opportunity. And like you say, the Miami offensive line has been bolstered significantly. So yeah, absolute steal. Absolute steal. Right, Murph, is the 12.06 too early to take a quarterback? Now, I think the 12th round could be a little early to take a quarterback, but from every draft I've been in this year that isn't super flex and is standard one quarterback, quarterbacks are going early and they're going earlier than perhaps they should. Now, I don't know whether people are listening to JJ Zacharyson and a late round quarterback because he started to advocate for value in the middle rounds about taking a quarterback. Now, he's not talking about taking them early. He's just saying if the value is there, then you take them. And I don't disagree. And the fact with quarterback is everyone is searching for the next Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, that late round quarterback who could win you your league when you're picking him up late. Now, 12th round, if your team is stacked because you've listened to the rest of the ADP buys and you've grabbed everyone that Murph and I have suggested, then grabbing Jordan, no, grabbing Joe Burrow at the 12-6, I don't think is a terrible play. And I, along with loads of other people in the industry, I'm really high on Joe Burrow this year. I haven't readjusted my rankings and I think I'm going to squeeze him up a little bit. And it's because the Bengals defense is an incomplete rebuild still. They have weapons. I mean, I know Murph is going to absolutely screw me here because my love for AJ Green knows no bounds. Let's go Bengals, number 18, hands in his head if you can't see the video for this. But AJ Green, whether you want him on your team or not, is a legit talented receiver. And if he does make it onto the field, it helps Joe Barrow. Uh, Tyler Boyd, anyone? Yep, no one's really drafting him. I wanted to put him on my list of, of buys. He's been really good for the last two years and he's another weapon. Joe Mixon apparently is going to go full Saquon Barkley this year and is a running back that it, it could carry you to championship success. They're going to need to throw the ball because, like I said, the defense is in rebuild. And he's got a sneaky rushing floor as well. If you've watched any of his LSU tape, the guy can can run in a few touchdowns and, and gain you some yards. And everybody knows that that's the Konami code for fantasy quarterbacks. Get yourself a running quarterback. And I think Joe Burrow, the fact that they're going to need to throw the ball a lot. He's got some weapons. As long as AJ Green can stay healthy, touch would knock on it, everything there. Yeah, I like Joe Burrow. And I think 12th round, if you've got a stack team and all the other quarterbacks are gone and you've subscribed to the let's go late quarterback, I like Joe Burrow. Fair enough. I, you know, very passioned speech. Yeah, I don't, um, I, I don't know where that came from. It's it sort of, I think it's AJ Green. He leached into Joe Burrow. AJ Green. Um, sure, you know, AJ Green's the reason why Tyler Boyd has, has been a good fantasy asset for the last couple of years. Just saying, but we'll, we'll leave that. That's true, later. but, I, you know, either I'm one's going to help Joe Burrow. I'm going to pour water on the emotion and go for somebody who is probably, I'd argue, probably the most boring fantasy football pick of all time. But, it's a good thing. Jarvis Landry at 7.08. No one gets excited about Jarvis Landry. Literally not a single person, not even Jarvis Landry's mum gets excited about drafting Jarvis Landry. But I'll take him all day long. <laughs> you know, as I said in the last one, picking players who just are consistent performers week to week are so important. Do you know the five-year average? I'm going to read the five-year average of Jarvis Landry and this is his time in the league, right? He has averaged over the last five years, 96 receptions for 1,086 yards. 
That's what he's averaged in the last five seasons. That's and people think, oh, okay, there must be a really big, there must be a really big season in there that's massively floating those numbers up. And there really isn't. His best receiving <laughs> number, his best receiving number was 112 when he was in Miami in 2017. His best receiving yard total. So remember, I said the average was 1,086 over five years. His highest receiving season was last season. He got 1,174. So he outperformed the average by under 100, which says that. His average, he's about 100 aside, year in, year out. From the worst, his worst season was in 2018 in Cleveland. He got 976 yards. This is so um, the guy is locked in for that thousand yard range. He's not going to get you many more than a thousand, but he's locked into that thousand <laughs> yard range, give or take 50 yards, 100 yards or something. You know, he's locked into that, and he's locked into 80. You know, 81 receptions was his lowest in in 2018, 976 yards. That's his lowest. So that's his floor. Is is 81 receptions for 976 yards? He's going off the board at the wide receiver 40. I'm going to read you his PPR finishes in his career. In 2015, for his rookie year, he was ninth. In 2016. He was 13th. He missed the top 12 by one point something points. In 2017, he was fifth in PPR scoring. 2018 was his worst year. And he came 18th in PPR scoring. And then he was the wide receiver one. So he was 12th overall last season. So the guy's worst season and he finished 18th and he's going off the board at wide receiver 40. No injuries, never injury prone. Played pretty much every game of his career. Going at the wide receiver 40. It's pretty cheap. I don't get it. You, you lock this guy into top 18, top my, 20 finish now. Done. Only concern with this Jarvis Landry take, Murph, is is he fit? Is he currently fit? Because I know he had off-season surgery and I heard rumours that there's a small chance he could start the season on the pup. I mean, that is going to be your only worry. The last oh, yeah, of course. If, if, he's if, ready to, if he's ready to go... Heard, then yeah, if he's ready to go, then what are people doing? I mean, a thousand yards—you're going to take that all day long at this rate. So two days ago, he was activated off the pup. Oh, there you go. What's everyone doing? So he's fit. Okay, because I was when I saw you this, I was like, mm, "Have you not seen?" But apparently, you you've seen and you saw two days ago he was fit. <laughs> yeah. So he he is fit and he's healthy. So don't worry about it. Draft Arvis Landry. Um, he, he's the sort of player that you can draft in the fifth round, sixth round, and you're going to be absolutely fine with, with what you're buying there. Um, so yeah, th- do it. Let's get through these last ones uh, rapido, and then we'll do the, the fades in another podcast next I, week. I was literally just going to say that exact thing, because Murph, we've done it again. We've got talking, brother. Right, my last one is one of my favourite late round tight ends it's John o. Smith he's currently the 30 11th pick of the 13th round which is pretty much near the end of the draft if you're in a standard draft uh let's be fair after AJ Brown he could well be the second read because Derek Henry that dude can't catch um yeah uh gosh what's the guy they just drafted his name Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans. I was, all I could think of was AJ Dillon. I knew it wasn't him, and I didn't want to make a burke of myself until you told me the right guy. Um, yeah, so Darrington Evans, he's going to be the third down back, but he's not going to be hyper-targeted. Corey Davis, I mean, the chance of him becoming Devontae Parker is pretty slim. Um, Murph's shaking his head and giving the axe motion on the video, so that's not happening. So guess what? Johnny Smith is probably the second read now in the offense. Uh, Delaney Walker has gone, so he's the de facto number one tight end. Anything? Yeah. By the way, he's crazy athletic and had a 92nd percentile for his college dominator score, which is a, a ranking which, when you provide a load of stats together, gives you how good they were in college. And this dude is up there as as one of the very, very best. So, yeah, thirteenth uh, round for the tight ends, number two read and uh, and a tight end. If he p- finishes outside the top eight tight ends, I will be hugely devastated. With you, he, he he's the perfect sort of profile as to why I don't spend any money on on tight ends high in a draft. Um, if I miss on, there's probably one guy in the draft who I'm targeting above him. Only he's a couple of rounds earlier, but just because of what he brings in the safety, if I don't get him, Johnny Smith is pretty much the guy I target or Ian Thomas in a similar range. They're sort of the, those two guys are, those two guys are the exact reason why you don't need to draft a, a Kelsey, a Kittle, and a, you just don't need to, um, unless it's a special format or unless you get a good value on them. Um, and we write in the playbook the reasons why you shouldn't. Um, Johnny Smith is a great reason. So I'm with you. I think he's a top top seven, top eight 
if it all goes right, the only worry for me is the receiving volume. But as you say, the second read, he should be pretty safe um, from from there. Um, I'm going to go uh, to the Steelers um, and look at Deontay Johnson. Dude came through the worst quarterback play in the history of the NFL last season. Um, I mean, he got 11 yards per, 11 and a half yards per reception last year. Both his quarterbacks last season um, were bottom of the pile from completed air yards of four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> which wow. is just dismal. Um, so, you know, his yak wasn't incredible, but when you were put into situations where you're just going to get flattened, he he produced the goods. He broke off some big runs and, and really, um, I think for a rookie, really, really produced. I think with Big Ben, he massively um, breaks into that wide receiver two conversation and to get a player like that in the 804 is a, is a great spot. I think he's someone who can do uh, immense uh, things, especially as Juju's going to be taking all the cover, um, given the special talent that he is. So I, I really like Deontay Johnson and, and fancy him to be the the year two breakout uh, candidate for me at the class. Yeah, if he if he can do half of the Antonio Brown things that they're suggesting he might be able to do whilst running on the outside opposite Claypool or Washington or whoever it is they they run on the other side because by all accounts Juju's going to run all of his reps out of the slot this year or pretty much all of them and like you say will get coverage but yeah that's going to be a tricky one for defenses because if you're running Juju out the slot and he's going to get some of the coverage but corners are still going to say to the outside and they move the boys around then yeah I think Johnson's a great steal especially where he's going currently because he could be ridiculously outbreakish. Nice. I don't I don't know if outbreakish is a word, but I've just added it to the five yeah. yard dictionary. I think that works. We'll go with that. Yeah, so Rush Nation, we didn't get time to do the sales, but guess what? We'll do it next week or the week after because we will get you to them. And then especially because we talked for so long today, the values on the sales might be wrong. So we want to check those ADPs and get back to you with exact stats. That that definitely covers all the bases. Murph, let's talk about some giveaways. What have you got for everyone? So we're gonna give away um for people so people who are listening to this podcast, if you we're going to give away three copies of the um, the fantasy black book written by our good friend Joe Pisapia. Um, so there are three copies to give away. Um, and with those, we will also give away a copy of the fantasy football black book. Um, playbook. So if you, or playbook. <laughs> we're going to get the fantasy black book and the fantasy playbook. Wow, I've got the name of my own book wrong. Go, go with me. Um, so yeah, we're going to give away. So those are both sort of digital copies um, that we can give away. So we're going to give away three. Um, what you need to do to win is you need to um, send the tweet to us. Um, so when we promote the show, which will be later on, um, want you to either retweet or reply preferably reply actually with the hashtag armstead black book into a little inside joke that we had with the ftls boys so it shows you're a real listener so armstead black hashtag armstead black book um so send that tweet to us and you'll be entered to win and we will raffle it off before next week's show that's exciting, especially as we're not going to promote it anywhere else. So only if you've heard this part of the podcast will you know about it. Absolutely. Um, and then in terms of the listener leagues, so we have five more listener <laughs> leagues. We've, we've launched, we've drafted one. We've got five more. Um, with these five listener leagues, um, winners get T-shirts and also uh, the winner gets an entrance into our champions of champions 2021 um so which is the second annual which will involve the winners of certain leagues that we're running so the six listener leagues a few of the book leagues um and the champion of champions winner from 2019 of course will get an invite back plus us um so we're under great incentive to win every listener leak because then we don't have to fork out for the t-shirts um, <laughs> so if you want in you need to send us a dm or you need to to send us a tweet and with the tweet um you need to put let mm, do I do that? yeah i would say hashtag let me in let me in let me in let me hashtag in. let me in <clears throat> so yeah either send us a tweet with the hashtag let me in or send us a dm with the hashtag let me in um and we'll get you a spot we're going to do five different listener leagues um we're going to do a uh one of them's going to be auction one of them's going to be a deep roster one's going to be a super flex with crazy scoring i believe you said yes sir um 
yeah, so there's going to be some different varying. One of them is an IDP. Um, the fifth one yet to be determined, um, but it'll be good. So yeah, you got a, a Superflex with crazy scoring, an IDP, um, an auction, or a super deep roster. So subscribe to those. Um, hashtag let me in and we'll get you a spot. So there's 50... Mm, yeah, 12 plus. 50, and... It's 55 <laughs> spots. It's 55 spots. So the first 55 people to send us those get the spots. Um, they will fill quickly. So I would do it rapido. So without further ado, that's it. Drop hashtag the mic, Sam. blank book. Hashtag let me in. Those are the two things you need. Yeah. Don't do them together. I mean, you could do them together, but you're better off sending two tweets because then you definitely you got a chance at each there because you know we like to spread the love here on five yard rush don't forget rush nation you can head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk and get your black book ffcc t-shirt bundle all proceeds from that will go to charity because you know we run it as a charity event if you are in the last uh, drippings there of the ffcc go and get it done please because murph will be a little less stressed once that is in the books Although there's probably a lot of working out to be done there. But, you know, hey, come on. Uh, I would like to point out that after this drops tonight, uh, my dulcet tones will be back on Wednesday because I stood in for Ash, who unfortunately couldn't make the college half of his podcast this week. So I joined Tom and we talk about the current affairs in college ball. And I did a lot of rambling and did some fantasy and did a draft in the middle of it. And, and yeah, I was a little bit selfish, but, you know, fantasy is life because we are five-yard rush. And uh, yeah, so don't forget to stay safe out there. Big man, you take it easy. I hope that fan keeps blowing you nice and breezy. Rush Nation, as always, until the end of the week when we've got a special college guest pod dropping as well. It's only a little bonus, but it was a really good one. And we thought we'd throw you the love there too. As always, stay safe, wash those hands, and don't forget, keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 